You're not going mad. This episode is a day late. It's not Monday. Today, by the way, is Tuesday, June 16th. And heads up, this Friday is Juneteenth, and this Sunday is Father's Day. Hi and hello. You found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. Up top, I want to thank you so much for your grace. Ever since our March quarantine, I have picked up some terrible work habits. Prior to March, I'd write while the kids were in school, usually from the coffee shop at their school, and I'd work about 48 hours in advance, meaning I would record Monday's show on Saturday and Friday's show on Wednesday. It takes me about three or four hours of work from blank page to uploaded episode. But during quarantine, the children were using my devices and I wasn't as regimented about my writing time. I had sourdough bread to bake. I had homeschool assignments to turn in. Instead of working ahead, I started writing around 10 p.m. on Thursday night for Friday's show and 10 p.m. on Sunday night for Monday's show. And I had previously been very, very strict about not working on Sundays, ever. No exceptions. Truth be told, I started to realize that this was not sustainable about a month ago. You may have noticed that that's about when my Wednesday emails dropped off and when I kept forgetting to post the community challenges to Instagram each week. That tight turnaround between Friday and Monday show was hard. I'd spend most of my weekend fretting about getting the show together and being super sleep deprived from not sleeping at all on Thursday night. Two nights ago, on Sunday around 11 p.m., I started to write out an episode about the importance of rest during this time of our society's unrest. I sat at the computer writing and rewriting and overthinking all the things I wanted to say. And then I just <laughs> I just got a fit of giggles when I looked at the clock and it was 1.45 a.m. and I hadn't even had half of the first segment written. How could I possibly talk about rest when I have been the poorest example of resting well to you guys? This would be like taking marriage advice from 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 Larry King, who has been married and divorced, I think, eight times now. So I decided the best thing that I could do was sleep. I put up a post on Instagram and Facebook letting you know that I was tired, that my episode would be a day late for the first time in our show's history. I shared a quote from the Nat Ministry that said, you don't have to earn rest. For you see, I read that on Instagram last week and I felt hot tears pinpricking the back of my eyelids. You do not have to earn rest. This is such a simple and profound truth. I treat rest like something I only allow myself if I've checked off all my boxes I wear my stretched to thinness like a medal awarded to me. I was blown away that you met me in that post with so much grace. Truthfully, I feel very humbled by this. I want to work on working ahead. You may have seen my selfies at 4 a.m., headphones still on, mic still in hand. And every week I get DMs asking me how I do it all or asking me when I sleep. 
And here's where I feel the need to apologize. The truth is, my sleeplessness isn't healthy. And I now realize that I could be inadvertently showing you that I can do it all, that I can mother well and be an attentive wife, that I can host a successful podcast and still balance the work of my social media clients, that I can be a good friend in real life and online, (laughs) that I have time to bake and homeschool and sew and read the Bible and be an active part of my church and still have time to read Harry Potter with my son and watch all the Marvel movies in chronological order. How does she do it all? No one can do it all. We both know that. And I don't believe in work-slash-life balance or the hustle mentality. I think it's very dangerous to think that if only we could crack the code of prioritizing all the things that need to be done, then they'd all get done perfectly. Over the years, I have bought every planner ever made. I have tried every time management system app. I have hired help for the house, and I've put my kids in school instead of homeschooling them. Sunday night, the kids set up family game night with a Monopoly board that they had made for me and Chris for our anniversary, and I said, you guys go on and play without me. I have to get the show up. And then I sat down at the computer, and I couldn't do it. I ran downstairs and played the game. Monopoly never ends, by the way. (laughs) I'm the only one with houses on my property so far, but at 10 p.m., we had to call it quits. I do feel like I made the right choice there, but I don't think that I usually make the right choice. More often than not, I have borrowed hours from tomorrow for tasks that need to be done today, or I've borrowed hours from tomorrow for tasks that could have waited. As Charles Hummel once wrote in his book, The Tyranny of the Urgent, there is a regular tension between things that are urgent and things that are important, and far too often, the urgent wins. I know that sleep is important, and I know that every Monday and Friday publishing a podcast episode is urgent. I think I know better than anyone that a debt of sleep is a debt that can never be repaid, no matter if I sleep in a bit longer or sneak in an afternoon nap. And yet, I'll still choose sleeplessness, which is absurd, because I'm tired. And lately, I'm more tired than usual. This isn't regular mom tired or regular Indiana doesn't sleep enough tired. This is a new kind of tired. I'm actually suffering from text neck, which is maybe the most embarrassing injury apart from avocado hand. Avocado hand is an accidental self-inflicted knife laceration that one sustains while trying to slice an avocado or remove its pit. (laughs) I'm not making this up. It's common among millennials, and I have linked a ridiculous article about it. I got avocado hand last summer. It's healed, but now I have text neck. Text neck is a neck injury that one gets from looking at the phone too long. Again, This is not made up. I have linked an article about that too. The pain can radiate into your shoulders and even cause your fingers to go numb. Oh, this is not my first dance with text neck. I consider this the job hazard of being a social media manager and working from my phone so much. Text neck actually landed me in physical therapy last year because it caused extreme pain in my left shoulder and my pinky and ring finger went numb. In addition to physical therapy, I started seeing a chiropractor and doing yoga and being more mindful of my posture. And eventually, after a couple months, it subsided. 
But now it's back with a vengeance. It's because I've been on my phone like a maniac these last two weeks. I'm reading and I'm scrolling and I'm trying to listen and I'm trying to learn. I want to stay informed and empathetic. I want to see what my favorite thought leaders are sharing. I want to read personal stories so that I might better understand this broken system. I've never really cared for the news before, aside from my little hometown paper from where I grew up in Seymour, Indiana, which I do read every night online, but I keep procrastinating the work it takes to make this podcast or putting off spending time with the kids because I'm trying to read or I'm scrolling or I'm just read and scrolled, so I'm trying to take in something light because, man, the work of racial reconciliation is heavy. Sometimes I worry that I'm running myself into the ground as I grapple with what it means to be imperfectly woke. And my quest to stay informed and in my self-learning quest to get it right, I'm exhausting myself. I know that I won't get this perfect. And it's daunting to know that I will mess up and probably mess up on a public platform. But do I want to give the world the best of me or what's left of me? And if the conversations I've been having with my friends lately are any indication, it seems like many of us are feeling this way. We're just tired. I mean, stop and think about these last six months. The year started with Australia on fire. Then we had a high-profile celebrity death with Kobe Bryant dying in a helicopter crash. After that, the media was in a frenzy over Trump's impeachment trial, then Tom Hanks got COVID-19, and then there was a worldwide pandemic that caused us to have to homeschool our children and stay isolated from other loved ones. Some of us lost jobs. Some of us lost loved ones. Some of us are still fighting with people about wearing masks or not wearing masks. The government confirmed UFOs. Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and now Rayshard Brooks were unjustly killed, and our country seems both more united and more divided than ever. Plus, did we skip over murder hornets? I feel like the murder hornets got skipped. Guys, we're not even to the halfway point of 2020. Is it any wonder we're feeling exhausted? Yesterday on my impromptu day off, I wrote down some things that I am going to try to do to hopefully help me feel less overwhelmed with the state of the world. I do have to take a quick break for today's sponsor, who is incredibly relevant, so I'll share those after the jump. One thing that I'm thankful for is the fact that BetterHelp was set up for online counseling before the whole world had to pivot to try to figure out how to do everything online. BetterHelp is the largest online counseling platform worldwide. I started counseling to help me to learn how to process some of my health concerns, and my counselor is also helping me to work through issues with my sleeplessness. BetterHelp has made it possible for people to get help on our own time and at our own pace and on the platform that works best for us. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. It's secure and private, and there are 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states who specialize in nearly every area you might need, including postpartum, marriage, and family relationship issues. It's easy to start. After filling out a questionnaire to help match you with the kind of counselor you want, communication starts within 24 hours. And if you aren't happy with your counselor, you can switch free of charge at any time. I switched once at the very beginning, and then once more recently, and it was easy. 
I know anxiety is being stirred with all that's going on in the world right now, so if you'd like to talk to a professional counselor about that, BetterHelp is a convenient, effective, and affordable option. Financial aid is available to those who qualify, and today, by the way, friends get 10% off their first month with discount code INDIANA. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com indiana. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com indiana. And now, back to the show. So yesterday on my impromptu day off, I wrote down some things that I'm going to try to do to hopefully help me feel less overwhelmed with the state of the world. First, we have to know that we aren't meant to carry burdens alone. We are created for community. If you're a believer of the Bible, Mark 2 is my favorite illustration about this. A man who couldn't walk was carried by four friends to Jesus. He couldn't crawl there himself. One friend didn't muscle it up and try to do the work alone. It took four people to bear another's burdens. If you don't believe the Bible, it's still true. (laughs) Countless research studies point to this. Johan Hari, in his New York Times bestselling book, Chasing the Scream, did a study on this topic and found, quote, human beings have an innate need to bond and connect. When we are happy and healthy, we will bond with people around us. But when we can't because we're traumatized, isolated, or beaten down by life, we will bond with something that gives us some sense of relief. It might be checking our smartphones constantly. It might be pornography. It might be gambling. But we will bond with something because that is our human nature. The path out of unhealthy bonding is to form healthy bonds, to be connected with people who you want to be present with, end quote. So one thing I want to do is to make it a priority to talk with friends during this time, to reconnect with some of the friends that I have not made a priority during quarantine, because right now we need each other more than ever. Okay, secondly, I want to be a good listener and I want to be a good learner, but this does not mean that I have to listen to all the things and try to learn from all the people. I give first priority to in-person face-to-face conversations with friends. And then right behind that is anyone who reaches out to me via text or DM. I will always listen and want to learn from anyone in those circumstances. But when it comes to scrolling or reading things online, I have to put some limits on myself. The scroll, after all, is infinite. I have to set a time for reading and I don't do it if the children are in the same room with me. And now I'm also trying to limit where I get my information outside of who I already follow on social media, so people that are already showing up in my feed. So I identified three people who I admire, one who works professionally in racial reconciliation, one who works in vocational ministry, and one person that I know in real life, and I read the content that those three sources are promoting. This isn't a ploy to only listen to and learn from thought leaders that I'm already aligned with, but it's a safeguard so I don't drown myself in information overload. So I'm I'm making it a priority to be mindful about what I'm listening to and who I'm learning from. Okay, number three, we have to make rest a priority. Yes, rest is not something we earn, but it has to be something we choose. Rest may not always mean getting to bed by 11 p.m. Any of us with a newborn or who has ever had a newborn knows that there are seasons in life where body rest and sleep are scarce. So if body rest is scarce, I have to find soul rest. 
That may mean taking a brisk walk around the neighborhood or lying on my screen porch with a book and leaving my phone and my watch inside. That may mean baking something new. That may mean just texting a friend something goofy or chatting with a friend at my kids' swim practice instead of trying to get work done in my car. I'm making it a priority to treat rest as essential instead of a reward that I get if I achieve a certain level of productivity. Lastly, I'm trying to be okay with being a why not both person. Chris and I had a double date with a couple from our church last week, and we went to an ice cream shop that also had bubble tea. I could not decide between coffee ice cream and Thai milk tea, so I got both. To be totally honest, I have been struggling with how I can communicate how seriously I take the work of racial reconciliation while also wanting to talk about things like celebrity conspiracy theories like Taylor Swift's love life. (sighs) One of the most... One of the most hurtful things that someone has ever said to me was a church friend who said that I did not seem like a consistent person, that she kept me at arm's length and had trouble trusting my leadership in church because one moment I'd be very serious and the next I'd be cracking jokes. Our friendship rapidly deteriorated because, well, I felt that she had seen a fuller picture of who I am, while she felt that she was seeing someone with an inconsistent character. I can be very serious sometimes. Don't get me started on global injustice or poverty or the importance of biblical literacy and knowing and loving the Old Testament. But yeah, I also want to talk about the latest meme or laugh about a dumb video that somebody sent me. I felt like, I I feel like a rich friendship, the kind that feeds your soul, is the kind where you get both the serious and the silly. They're the friends you cry with and the friends you celebrate with. I have friends who are just my good time friends, but those friends don't, they don't know what I struggle with in my marriage or in motherhood. I don't text them when I need prayer. And I have church friends that really only know me from when I get to speak or share at church. They have no idea that my knowledge of 90s pop culture is encyclopedic or that nothing makes me laugh harder than someone throwing a Billy Madison quote into everyday conversation. I struggle with wanting to prove to you that I'm taking these recent events very seriously, but also just wanting to talk about something absurd, like, like how I snuck an old popcorn bag into a movie theater for eight months just to get free refills. I'm trying to make it a priority to stay true to a fuller picture of who I am on both the show and offline and being okay with that. My real friends, both my internet besties and those who know me in the flesh, will be okay with the serious and the silly. Those are the four things that I am focusing on this weekend and hopefully forever. I'd love to know what you're doing to feel rested and to prevent burnout. Okay, friend, that is it for today. Show notes are at todaybytheway.com slash episodes, and I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find the show at todaybytheway for episode discussion threads and community challenges, or you can connect with me on my personal Instagram account at Indiana Adams, where it's mostly selfies and photos of my kids. I just want to encourage you to hang in there. You're doing a great job. I needed this reminder, and maybe you do too. But even in a season where growth seems slow or hard, 
growth is still happening. So hang in there. Today is a new day and friend, I am cheering you on.